In a smoke-filled room in a nondescript office complex in an undisclosed location somewhere on Earth, a group of people sit around a conference table, most of them in dark professional suits or dresses, except for one uncomfortable gentleman who, seemingly not having gotten the memo about the dress code, wears a slightly ostentatious plaid jacket. A Welsh woman, seemingly in charge, leads the meeting. A window to operate without much notice has opened. Our sources tell us that Kate Stewart is away on matters in Peru and the Osgoods are observing some sort of Zygon holiday. I believe it behooves us to discuss the Stonehenge incident. She opens a document that takes over all the screens at the table. One featuring images of a man that most had understood to be the most recent regeneration of the Doctor, and a woman known by most to be the Master. As has happened in several previous meetings, a debate breaks out about which one is actually which due to conflicting reports from various sources. This, combined with traces of the Doctor's regeneration energy believed to have been recorded at the scene, have added up to one scary detail. For the first time in decades, all traces of the Doctor seem to have been lost entirely. As the arguing continues, a lone hand sheepishly rises, belonging to the man in the plaid jacket. Yes, Maxwell. I, I believe I have a suggestion. Um, the Doctor is a variable, yes, but we, we do think we know who their most recent companion is. As he speaks, he puts up a dossier on Carrie Vu. I, I believe the matter is simple. We just need to find this, this Carrie, and, 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 and then she will conceivably lead us to the Doctor. At this, an American man at the table speaks up as well. And just how do you suppose we track down someone who is so off the grid? Well, 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 actually, Maxwell stammers out, I, I have been in contact with someone who I, I believe is, is perfectly suited for the task. On cue, a door to the room opens and in steps a woman immediately recognizable to the entire group. A maven of radical app space technologies, the woman Forbes magazine dubbed the Medusa of Music, the girl boss queen of Silicon Valley and beyond. Jane Tanner. Don't worry. Whatever it takes, I will find Carrie Vu. It's a matter of personal pride. everyone, and welcome to the second story in Season 4 of the game of Rassilon Regenerated. I am your game missy, Riley Silverman, and joining me as always, of course, is my, my co-partner in crime and engineer, Michael Nixon. Hello, Michael. Hi, it's me. I'm the engineer. Still. And of course, we are joined, as always, by the lovely Carrie Vu, played by Joe Kate Lay. Hello, Joe. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great this Sunday. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Off the top of the cuff, Joe, do you think you know what Carrie's short-term and long-term goals are this week? Um, not get caught. Okay. I'm guessing. I'm, I'm guessing. I'm just putting feelers out there. These don't seem like kind people. This seems like a violent situation. So I'm, I'm going to say not get caught is short-term. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I guess we're still kind of holding out on that long-term goal, I believe. No, 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 no. We said that, like, we were going to be chaotically good whenever possible. That's that's her long-term kind of thing. So, yes. Sticking with that, yeah. Yes. We're going to get very suspicious here any second now. Yeah. And your focus, of course, is chaos, as always. Always. Uh, And then, of course, welcoming back to the show for her second episode is Lita, played by Ben Patton. Hello, Hello. Lita. Hello, Ben. Hello, hello. What is is Lita's short-term and long-term goal this week? Uh, Long-term goal is exactly the same as it was in the last session, which is to explore the galaxy. Lita wants to see the universe. And the short-term goal right now is figure out whether I can trust the Doctor. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And then finally, of course, uh, returning as the Doctor, Dan Peck. Hello, hello. With 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 a voice, this serial as well. Yeah, we were we were a little worried this week because you were starting to lose it again. But yeah, yeah, that was not hunting special effects last time. Dan was actually suffering from laryngitis for the entire week before our last recording. Uh, Dan, Doctor's short term, long term goals. All right. Uh, yeah, I think the Doctor's short term goal is to sort of kind of get a feel of who he is right now. You know, the the, the baking has finished of the regeneration and now I'm bread. So let's find out what kind of bread the doctor is. I'm guessing sourdough. What's your long-term goal? Uh, The long-term goal is to figure out or at least understand what that 150-year gap was where the doctor was missing from the universe. Okay, I like all those things. That's fantastic. All right, y'all, let's uh, let's jump in. Keep those short-term goals in mind, and it's your responsibility to report to me when you feel like you have solved them. And uh, as as we do, we'll, we will reward you experience points if you do. So, okay, yay! Fun version two of this game. Here we go. We begin with a lovely establishing shot of the road outside a famous recording studio in London, and then push into a close-up of that street that, while passing for London, would probably be more familiar to residents of Cardiff, Wales. But before we can focus in too much on that, the hustle and bustle of daily street life is interrupted by the all-too-familiar sound of a time rotor as a blue box appears on the sidewalk and outsteps the Doctor, Carrie, and their new friend Lita. For the first time in Game of Rassilon history, the TARDIS has landed in the United Kingdom. <laughs> I guess not counting Stonehenge, but yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess second time. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> first, first time in London. I'll, ta- I'll, I'll, I'll take that line again. For the first time in Game of Rassilon history, the TARDIS team is exploring the United Kingdom. Ah, <laughs> uh, London. It's, it's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> All right, uh, everyone out. I have a surprise for you. Um, I know I promised the universe, but this is a bit like going on a road trip and stopping at the first rest stop. But we're going to take a little break in, well, a very exciting time. And what time would that be? 1969, a year of great cultural import. First man on the moon, Woodstock. But today, a concert. A rooftop concert that, frankly, I've wanted to come to for quite some time. And Peter asked me to film a couple of extra angles for his documentary while we're here. Got it. Got it. We got to get B-roll. It's all about that B-roll, man. I got you, doctor. Carrie, like, starts flipping out, like, a little notebook that she's got in her bum bag and starts writing down, like, concepts and notes and, like, a shot list. She's, she's like, oh. she's, like, the best first AD ever. Oh, we, we probably won't have time, so just point your, ca- point your cell phone sort of up that way, but don't let anyone around see what's going on. Uh, you know, timelines messing with 
technology, all those things. As you say this, suddenly a person walking down the street looking at their cell phone rams into you because they're not watching where they're going. And as you look up, you realize there are lots of hybrid vehicles on the street, and you realize that you are not in 1969. You are in the present day, 2026. As this realization hits you, you hear a click on the TARDIS door as it deadlocks behind you. Uh, okay, well... I know what's going on there. Uh, uh, you know when you update your computer or cell phone and you kind of can't use it for a few hours? Well, that's what we have going on with the TARDIS right now. So I, I hope you have everything you need. We can't go inside. And uh, I don't know if any of the shops will let us use the toilet. So just be wary of all those things. Harry just gives the doctor two big thumbs up and gives the other companion beside her just a side glance. It's a valuable side glance because Lita sticks out like a sore thumb, being dressed in a very futuristic space mechanic style of way and having uh, not acclimated yet to any sort of modern view. Oh, Lita, uh, mm, hmm, this is not going to work for us right now because we got to stay kind of under the radar. So, um, I know this great place. It's called M&S. Yes, Marks and Spencer's. Very fashionable. Very forward-thinking. Depending on what time of the year it is right now, there might be a sale. So, you can take your pick of whatever makes you super happy because the doctor is going to pay for all of it anyway. So, let's just start getting going. Yes, I've got my... And the doctor reaches into his jacket pocket to pull out the psychic paper and then remembers... Oh, uh... I'm actually a little strapped. Uh, we might have to... I don't like to do this, but we might have to hit an ATM. You don't hit ATMs. That do doesn't give you money, Doctor. Lita's definitely side-eyeing the Doctor right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you figure out the money thing, and why don't we start shopping, because this might take a second. You also realize as you look around that you're not actually in front of the Apple Records building, the Apple Core building that you meant to go to. You're actually parked on Abbey Road in front of the Abbey Road studios. So you have a, you're a few blocks away from a little, a little section of the city away from where the Apple, from Seville Row, where the actual Apple studio is. But you're in a pretty hip area. There are lots of little, I think this is pretty much like Soho at this point. So uh, Ben might know better, better than I would about that. But I was yeah, just visualizing the, uh, the area. I've been there a few times. Yeah. Yeah. There are lots of cute little like fashion-y shops and thrift stores and things like that. Like, like not like thrift stores, but like vintage resale shops and stuff like that. Uh, looking around. In fact, there's probably the set they used for the doctor's vintage store, even though it was set in Sheffield, New Jersey. Uh, so, or not Sheffield, Sheffield, <laughs> not New Jersey, Sheffield, England. Uh, but yeah. That's a real thrift shop, by the way. Yeah. Well, then that's probably not actually here then. Okay. Yeah. Lita looks at, uh, at Carrie and says, uh, okay, sure, lead the way. Actually, I was going to follow you. I, I, you know, you, you know the best impulse for what your fashion sense is. Sure. I obviously I'm very familiar with London twenty one twenty six or whatever time frame it is. Uh, Only so, off by a hundred years. Twenty twenty six. A twenty twenty. Okay. It's just it's this is the past for me. So this is this is but like there's is this actual stone? Is this like cement stone that I'm standing on right now? That's that's. You only see those in like historical areas. Okay. I, um, we're still several centuries away from hypersteel. Okay. 
Um, well, I guess you mentioned uh, that Mark Spencer person, so I guess let's go see him and get me some get me some clothes. Great. Let's get going. Start walking down the street. Doopity. All right. You find yourself popping in and out of several shops along the way, and then you eventually find yourself in a small little quaint boutique shop with lots of fun, different varieties of, of clothing. And you are in front of a sales girl named Penny, who is very excited to help you with your with your makeover. And she's like, all right, so this is like your first time in London then? Or is this... Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's my first time on Earth. It's... I have my family here, but not yet. Uh, so this is, this is very weird for me. Is this like a drug occult thing or something? Like you just got freed and you're first time on Earth? No, 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 that would be silly. No, I I just, uh, I, I don't think I've been born yet. And when I do get born, it's... Lita, 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 shh, shh. Sh- uh, sh- I'm so, so sorry. It, so it is a drug thing. Gotcha. No, no, Don't no, worry she... about it. it, it it's performance Shh. art. Uh, it's an improv. Every, it's an improv everywhere. We're all time travelers. You know, for Red Nose Day, it's really important that we save the children. So we're just practicing. So we'd love some feedback from you as a member of the general public of Great Britain. Yeah. Right. Well, I. I think maybe my first feedback is is consent to be part of an audience before I'm just being put in one. That's my first thing I'll put out there. Good, that's a good one. Yeah, but I will. I it's like a flash mob kind of move. I got you. All right. Um, it doesn't matter because I am here to serve you and serve your stylish needs. And with that, she pulls out her phone and she turns on an app on her phone called Speaker S P E A K R and activates it. And as she does a flying drone comes into the building and hovers in the air above Penny, the sales girl, and begins playing the absolute perfect score for a makeover montage. And it's like a perfect mix of music, but unfortunately the rights have actually been removed from when this episode first aired, and so now you really can't hear them anymore. Like, we don't have the rights for the music on streaming, but trust yeah. me, it was like really good rights. But uh, if you can ever find this episode on Blu-ray, it's worth it because this, the music is perfect for this scene. This episode's also about five minutes longer on the Blu-ray than it is on streaming, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, exactly. It's all the stuff we cut out already earlier. (laughs) That's a joke for us, audience. Yeah, and the HBO Max version is like weirdly widescreen. It's a whole problem. Anyway, we can get it back. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that's what's happening right now is this music, this, this weird drone just flew in and Penny seems completely unfazed by it. And as if like, it's just a common thing that happens a lot around now. I don't think Lisa's that phased by either. I think she's probably more taken with the kind of novelty of this very antiquated looking drone by her standards. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The doctor's just thumbing through just all these just horribly ugly suit jackets and trying all of them on. Huh? 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 No, no, no. <laughs> no. Perry's getting... just shaking her head no every single time. Thumbs down from Penny. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think Lita is, is trying on a few different uh, items of clothing, different tops, different trousers and jeans and shoes, and there's a lot of mismatching stuff. There's a lot of stuff that probably does look quite nice, but that she doesn't like because it doesn't feel like her. While Lita is trying on, you know, outfit number 60 or whatever the doctor turns to Carrie, you know, I, I was the one who gave uh, Peter his first copy of The Hobbit. I mean, well, technically... J.R.R. gave it to him. I took him to meet him, but don't tell anyone that. Why would I ever tell anybody that, Doctor? They wouldn't believe me. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, yeah, Lita tries on a few different things. Some uh, just kind of t-shirts and big sweaters and hoodies and a uh, few dresses that she that I think she actually looks quite nice in, but that doesn't feel right to her. Um, and I think the outfit that she finally steps out in is it's kind of very it's it's very kind of sparse and plain, but uh, but you can definitely see on her face that something that she feels comfortable in. She is in a pair of uh, kind of dark gray almost black jeans a uh just like a plain white t-shirt and then a leather jacket that's kind of similar in cut to the one that she was wearing but is definitely less worn less beaten and uh it's it's kind of it's 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 a little purple uh i'm thinking almost of like uh the leather jacket rose wears in season four but maybe a little a little less vibrant a little more kind of a little more muted um, but I think she's still wearing the same boots that she was wearing on the IS I think that those boots they look a little worn but they're still kind of like thick sturdy reliable work boots and I think that she's made a conscious choice to kind of keep those and during this big makeover montage there was also a chance for Lita to have her hairstyle yeah. so what is your what is your what does Lita's hair look like now so um, just to remind the audience previously her hair was kind of shoulder length and she would occasionally uh, do it up in kind of like mini space buns to get out of her hair when she was working I think now I think she's actually gone for an all over buzz cut I think she's it's uh, like Alien 3 Ripley I think she's kind of gone for now it's just like out with the old and just kind of a complete kind of cleansing of of the life that she has she has left. It's bluish in tint, though, correct? Yeah, it's kind of that pigeon, cool. silvery blue color, yeah. Love it. Carrie, while all this is going on, you start to feel your phone ping and vibrate a bunch of times in your little uh, fanny pack or pocket, however you're carrying your phone. Uh, that's a little weird. Carrie just unzips her bum bag and pulls out the cell phone as it's pinging. As you check your phone, you see that it is downloading and updating a bunch of apps as if you haven't been around in a while, so it's getting them all caught up. But you notice a new app being added to your phone that you have not previously used before. It's a music app that is called Speaker. It's the same app that the sales girl was using to set up the playlist for the music, for the dance, for the makeover. Oh, uh, I think phones got smarter, Doc. I didn't ask for this to download. It's like, it's like when YouTube downloaded their album onto everyone's iTunes, and then we all had to suffer through that. That's exactly what's happening to me H- right hang now. Hang on. Sorry, Carrie. We've never made an album. So I don't know what, like, you, you two don't accuse us of things we haven't done, okay? Because <laughs> no, I'm Lita, not even Lita, slightly... Lita, new. Do- do- Lita, Doctor, have we... Li- did Lita, you... Lita, no, Lita, Lita, they're, they're, they're a band. They're a band. That are literally their bands called U, like the letter U, and then the number two. So they're they're like the best version of Sesame Street. They were so oh, yeah, they were brought to you yeah, by you the like, letter U yeah. and the number two today. Yeah. Anyways, okay. right. <laughs> fun fact: that album was not actually released by them. It was a Santarin plan to uh, infiltrate uh, all of the phone networks. Uh, Penny, Penny's like, all right, love. If you're actually gonna, if you're gonna be on the phone, could you take it outside? It does kind of mess up my whole ambiance of music that I've got going on here. So I'd love you to take your call outside if you could. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna just grab the doctor, and we're gonna figure this out together. Harry grabs the doctor by his uh, coat, coat, coat jacket, coat I, jacket. I'll be outside then, <laughs> as I'm pulled <laughs> by the lapel. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's absolutely like like small child, big adult, like dragging against the ground sort of thing, but a little bit, a little kinder, a little less, no, equally as aggressive. Harry's always aggressive. 
Okay, uh, as you go outside and click open this speaker app, one of those drones flies above you, and just for the fun of it, what would you think would be a song that would be like a perfect Carrie theme song? Oh, ooh. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna make me make a hard decision like that, but make it a split decision? I can't do that! It's uh, instinct, baby. Uh... Uh, a song that exists or a genre? Sorry, I, I need a uh, little. You can say a genre. You can say a genre okay. because okay. I, I don't want to. I don't want to like derail the whole show with it. I just it was a yeah. Yeah, no worries. I just I I just needed a little Actually, bit of parameters. Honestly, think about what you think an algorithm would think is Carrie's best song. That's kind of what we're going oh, for. Oh, um, something that has really really heavy uh, electric guitar and drums. So like if Jimi Hendrix licks had a baby with. Uh, Ringo Starr's drumming. Then we're gonna call. We're gonna call that. That. That's it. That's 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 where I'm gonna put that hill. I'm gonna right. leave it right that there. For a now. song that is just like a song that feels like it is the most Jimi Hendrix lick baby guitar uh, yeah, riff no, that you no, could ever no hear. No vocals. Yeah. No vocals. Yeah. Just just yeah. instruments. Can it's just... definitely an instrumental song that is original to the show and not one that's copywritten by any other band. So it played. It's definitely gonna be something that Ben finds using uh, like rock band loops and stuff, but uh, it, uh, or or some link to, to royalty free music somewhere that we have. But yeah, it starts playing and it it's good. Like it is. It does feel like very you, and it's almost surprising how much like you it feels. The pressure's I'm gonna say on, this energizes saying. Carrie, and like you know, it, it's kind of like that scene where Kronk sings his own theme song, but it's <laughs> Carrie. And as you notice this yourself, Doctor, you might notice that down the street uh, at the very famous uh, crosswalk of Abbey Road, which is obviously a, a squeeze-in insert shop because you're filming definitely <laughs> in Cardiff, Wales, you see other people who have these little drones flying overhead playing perfect music for them as well. Oh, I love a good drone. These are so adorable. Hello, and I, 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 I put my finger up and out like I'm a Disney princess, hoping that it will land and like perch upon me. Uh, it it lands, uh, it floats above you. It doesn't land on you, but I think the song that it plays for your doctor is. I'm trying to think of a good doctor song. Uh, what's that? What's that like, doctor? Uh, like novelty song doctor that was out? Doctor in distress. Was, I think doctor in distress plays. <laughs> the John Pertwee Doctor Who theme, where he talks about crossing the void between oh space and God. time. Oh my God! I am the doctor. <laughs> yes, that, that thing starts. Yeah. Playing. Uh, the real, the real irony is that two Beatles songs do seem perfect. Help and Across the Universe. Yeah. Uh, again, those were those were definitely playing in the yeah. original broadcast of this episode, but because we're watching this on streaming and aftermarket, they don't have that rights to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is this drone is a lot lighter than it looks. It's just like, like, like basically just by it being in proximity like i feel like the doctor sort of like almost x-ray vision and see like the mechanics inside of it uh as you do you look at the device and there is like a a a name that's on it uh and it is it is affiliated with the speaker app and it is actually uh it the 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 call signs on it as as a like a number for the draw for the unit is l-u-s-y oh hello lucy i love you and it, it kind of like beeps a little burp, 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 like it's very happy to be appreciated I, I think Lita steps out of because Lita wasn't pulled out of the shop so Lita's just like just now exits the shop to this this cyberpunk Disney princess display 
Uh, as Lita steps out, and as the doctor looks to her and is maybe distracted by both her and saying hello to Lucy, Carrie, I'll say that the doctor's back is currently turned to you and the doctor's not focused on you. You notice that your Lucy has a friend. There's suddenly a second Lucy above your Lucy. Oh, if I get a third of you, do I get a Ghidorah then? Eh? No? Okay? Just You just, actually just do me? notice a third you do notice a third one arriving and then a fourth and then a fifth until you are suddenly being swarmed by Lucy drones. And uh, I'm going to have you make a roll for me. Sure. I'm going to make a coordination and I'm going to say technology. It's coordination and technology. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see. <laughs> uh, ooh. Okay. So I rolled a six and a five. So that it's 11. And then uh, for coordination, I have four. And we don't talk about technology because she's at a zero. We all knew that. So uh, we're at a lovely 15. Okay. That, yeah, you passed pretty well. So uh, I need a six. So... I'm going to say on the first pass, these drones look like they're actually trying to like a the drone. One of the drones fires out a like a tether cable that tries to wrap around you. And uh, as you as it happens, you actually are able to to dodge that and avoid it. Hey, consent. Carrie screams at the drone as she's like, yeah, exactly. Like Lita said, consent, you guys. I did not consent to this. (laughs) As that happens. Every one of the units that's flying around you starts to fire these these things out. And just for the sake of story, at this point, they wrap around you and they pick you up in the air. And you suddenly, Doctor and Lita, you suddenly realize that Carrie is being carried off by these Lucy robots, these Lucy drones. Oh, why do the robots always have to turn? And uh, I, I, yeah, wait, do I have my Sonic? I don't even remember if I do. You do have your Sonic, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna pull out the Sonic, and uh, the one that's perched on my uh, on my fingertip still, I'm gonna Sonic it in hopes of like base code understand. Can I then maybe stop her from being abducted? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say you are not able to stop her from being abducted um, because you don't really understand what the code is that's making it do it. Even like like it's not getting the same signal that the other ones are getting. Uh, but you are able to learn about. I'll have you roll to see if you're able to learn anything about it when you roll. So why don't you roll and uh, I'm going to say uh, awareness and technology by that uh, that device. Uh-huh. I rolled a 12 on top of my 10. So I, I, I basically just crit succeeded with a 22. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, yeah, you are able to determine that this is a, a device that is attached to the speaker app. The uh, the acronym, the L-U-S-Y acronym, stands for Locational Unit for Soundtracking Yourself. Uh, it is affiliated with the, with the speaker app. And you are able to get an address to download as to what where this company speaker is based out of in London. Great. Before I say we should go to that address, I think the doctor's like, okay, plan B, and I'm going to jump up onto the hood of a parked car and then onto the ceiling of it and try to, like, grab Carrie, you know, to basically stop her from being pulled away. <laughs> um, I don't think you're really next to a car in a way that would work. Like, you're still on the sidewalk outside of a building. So I think that I'm going to let you roll a coordination and athletics roll to see if you're able to do anything of this sort. Okay. Carrie, while, while Doctor is rolling, what are you doing? All these things, things have grabbed you and are lifting you in the sky. 
Oh, absolutely starting to scream obscenities that we cannot repeat because this is a family-friendly show, but you best Fair. believe that Honey is screaming her head off with all of them, every single word. There is not a curse word that she does not use. And as she's doing this in between, she's screaming to Lita, like small tidbits of advice, like, Lita, remember, consent is always key. Remember, and don't let the doctor go anywhere by himself. He is not responsible, as you can obviously see. Where is he going? Is he leaving me? Are you leaving me? Oh, is he? <laughs> Never. What a loser. Te technically, technically, you're leaving us. <laughs> hey, again, <laughs> consent. Lita, consent. This was not consent. <laughs> T tell them that. I have been. I don't think they what? speak English. What? You're getting too far. I can't. What? Remember. Consent. <laughs> Constant what? Okay. Consent. <laughs> Perfect. I don't even want to give you my role because I want that scene to have happened. Uh, Well, give me what your role was because I can tell a, you it, that I. It was a 16 with no ones or sixes. Okay. Uh, 16 total. Yes. Okay, that was not, that was definitely below the difficulty level this would have been anyway because I had set it at a 21. So you you are able to get up to about where your eyes are at the same level as Carrie's feet before the things pick up speed and they carry her off. Uh, and so you see these vanishing Lucys in the sky uh, and they, uh, they take Carrie off uh, and you are left on the street with just your new companion, Lita, and you have an address. So you were able to get that. All right, quick, back to the TARDIS. Uh, and then, like, the a doctor almost does, like, that cartoon, like, I'm putting on the brakes and, like, slides in place. No, no, we can't. Uh, okay, it's been a long time since I've been in London. Uh, we need a map. Okay. <laughs> Don't you have an app or something? You know, a little tube thing? Can it not do a thing? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Can I use the Sonic as sort of, like, um, almost like a compass? <laughs> like, you're getting warmer, you're getting colder, like, which direction I pointed it in. It has been used like that before. You also have the address. You got that when you downloaded it, so you can just put in the address. Oh, okay, I didn't know if I could, like, input that into the Sonic, so, okay. I think you could. <laughs> okay, sure. I mean, if you want it to be hot and cold, I'm happy to let it, let that play out. Let's go ahead. Well, yeah, let's do it that way. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little more, like, almost following it like a divining rod through the city rather than, like, blindly guessing which direction. Yeah. Yes. Find my carry. And the doctor kind of, like, waves... <laughs> waves the Sonic looking for which direction they should at least begin to head. And then I think, you know, finds finds the direction where the Sonic lights up the most or pulsates or however we decide to do it in post. And, uh, okay, this way, and then just keep an eye out for landmarks, and then I'll get my bearings, and we will find Carrie right away. Let's run. I should have warned you when I met you, there will be a lot of running, so your outfit is perfect for this sort of exercise. Let's go! Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, I should tell you out of character. I looked up the distance here, and on foot, it's about a fifty-five minute walk. Uh, <laughs> there is a it, there's the option of taking a of taking a, a train, which would be about twenty-five minutes. Um, so just so you know, like if you if at any point in character you want to hop on a train, just tell me that because I don't want to like make you just role play an hour. Of, Honestly, of, I think know. I think the next scene should start with us on the on the tube. Okay, so um, 
<laughs> perfect. Yeah, perfect. So you go running off to find uh, Carrie. And I think uh, for now, I will say that the route tells you that you should head south on Abbey Road. So you're heading more towards the greater uh, London area. And that's where we can like leave with you if you want. Yeah. Great. Uh, unless Ben wants to add any. No, I, I mean, if we were going to cut to us being on the underground, I was going to cut to us sitting there, you holding your Sonic, me reading an old, like, copy of the Daily Metro. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about we'll do this? We'll do this. We'll, 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 we'll say you go, you go south on Abbey Road, and you find yourself continuing to head south on Abbey Road and continuing to head south on Abbey Road. And after about 20 minutes of walking, uh, you realize that, like, you, like, stop, and you've done a lot of running, but nothing is chasing you. After this about 20-minute run of the Doctor, and and uh, this like montage of the doctor and leader running through London looking for Carrie and following like I, I can picture the doctor like holding up his sonic in the air and they're like moving in the direction that it's telling them to go to. We cut to the rooftop of the Apple Corps building, the Beatles X office on Seville Row, which is the famous site of this concert that the doctor wanted you to come see. Uh, but standing waiting on the rooftop is a woman that I will let describe herself. Uh, so uh, Jane Tanner is a maverick. She's a revolutionary. She's totally unique. Uh, so she's got long, dark hair uh, tied up in a ponytail, a black turtleneck, and uh, black pants. Um, extremely unique. Never been done before. And she is sort of fiddling with the, the screen of her watch, which is uh, legally distinct from an Apple watch, and is bringing the drones it's, it's, in. It's a speaker watch. It's a speaker watch, obviously. Uh, it has nothing to do with fruit of any kind. Um, and yeah, she's uh, bringing the drones in for a landing. I ironically, it's a speaker watch at the Apple company office building, uh, mm -hmm. but a different Apple. And she's using an image screen on the speaker watch. She's not even using the, the audio at all. Oh my God. If this character turns out to be an Android, I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, as she's standing there, we see these these drones that have captured Carrie land on the building with, and putting, placing her down in front of Jane. Miss Vu, I've been waiting so long to meet you. And I did not give you consent to meet me. So... Well, the wonderful uh, thing... <clears throat> excuse me. I can just use my inside voice. Apologies. Um, the thing about the law is, um, well, I can bend it to my will. No, uh, wrong way of going about that. Um, and the uh, thing public. about my fury is that I'm going to just, and she's like fighting against whatever is still restraining her and like chomping at her teeth. Like she really, she really thinks that biting is going to, going to get somewhere. Okay, I'll say we are slipping a little bit into a conflict scene here, so I will, unless unless you want to continue role-playing this just a little bit longer before we get into that. Yeah, I was going to have the drones just sort of, uh, the Lucys pull her out of, like, striking range. So it's like that thing where the bully is like, oh, too, too far, can't do it. Except she doesn't even have to reach her hand out, you know? Okay, yeah, I think I think that might be more fun than just rolling dice for a moment. And if you're okay with that, uh, Joe, are you okay with that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Cool. Yeah. So I, I think what we, I think what we see happen is, yeah, we see Carrie go to swing and like try to. Get, she can't get to her bat, which is like still attached to like it's like it's like little holster on your back, mm -hmm. and uh, you go to like swing, and the cables from the drones like pull you back, and we have this moment of of Carrie trying to swing at at Jane and not being able to hit her. 
absolutely. Yes. Yes, and then and then the teeth the chompies get involved, you know, she's she's chomping at the bit. Yeah. Carrie it almost looks anything. It almost looks like Steve Martin in Three Amigos when he's attached to that <laughs> wall by the chains. Uh, yes. Great visual. Perfect. Perfect. Wow. You are guy, you really are a fighter. The file was right about you. Uh, and Jane is going to walk around Carrie, who is like held in position. And I'm going to have uh, Jane's uh, going to reach in to make a move at Carrie. Okay, this I think I will make you roll mm-hmm. a conflict roll for, because if you're up against somebody, they have a little bit more ability to shake loose or whatever. So right. let's have you roll a, a conflicted uh, attack here. So I'm going to have uh, Jane, I'm going to have you roll a uh, coordination and I think I'm going to have you both roll coordination and athletics because I think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the difficulty is going to be higher for Carrie than for Jane because Carrie sure. is tied up. Um, sure. But I'll have you both roll coordination and athletics. Okay. I was like, I was oh, going to say, I was coordination like, and conflict. Sorry. I was going to say, I was like, can, can Carrie go in for a headbutt? Because that sort of chaoticness sounds amazing. You know what? I, if you want to choose to do that instead of resisting her, I will let you do that instead. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Because it's like, it's, it, it, yeah. Instead of resisting, it's more of like, get, get, get the, get the away from me. Yeah. I will, I will let you roll that attack roll instead of a okay. resistance roll. And by doing so, Jane will be able to have an easier uh, difficulty, but sure. you also have a chance of doing harm to her. So that's a sure, good sure. matchup. I would right. like to uh, warn you that doing a headbutt does mean that this uh, the the BBFC rating will go from a PG to a twelve in the UK, so we might have to <laughs> oh, got it. we might got have it. to cut mm. this shot okay. out uh, okay. when it's released in the UK. Got it, right. got it, got it, got it, got it, got That's it. Good. I just want to thank you. Yes, yes, amazing. S and P. Yeah, both of you roll coordination and conflict. Uh, okay. Because I think this is a conflicting role either way. <laughs> I'm just it's, I'm just going to change your difficulties based on what you're doing. Yeah. All right. So I rolled a five and a four plus eight on the side. Okay. Yeah, I think that is going to be a success for you. <gasps> so, Jane, I'm going to have you take a a damage to your... Uh, I think I'm going to take it to your awareness because it's kind of like getting your bell rung a little bit. But since you rolled such high, you didn't roll a one. I'm not going to make you also take damage to carry, but normally I would have made you take damage because a headbutt also hurts you. But oh, I yeah, think yeah, in yeah. this case, I think you rolled high enough that your adrenaline is able to keep you from taking damage as well. But Jane, I'm going to have you still roll your coordination and conflict. So I rolled a 16 and my dice were a five and a six. Your difficulty was 15, so you succeeded. So, And you had a 6. So actually, with your 6, I'm going to say you mitigate the damage that you took from the headbutt. So I'm going to say you don't take that damage. What happened with your 6, I'm going to say that you you, you saw Carrie coming, and she got kind of like, like your chin, but not like a full-on bonk to the head. So you did not take the damage to your stats. Yeah, so Jane kind of straightens out her jaw. It's like, oh, very impressive. But you took your eyes off the prize. Jane, holding her jaw, smiles and holds up Carrie's TARDIS key. We cut back to uh, the Doctor and Lita, who have now abandoned their run down the streets and are taking the the tube. Uh, So let's find out what what are the Doctor and Lita doing on the tube now? (laughs) Uh, I think Lita is reading a copy of uh, The Metro, which is the free newspaper that they give out on the underground. And uh, I think she's just kind of looking at it and go, huh, so this uh, this Elizabeth II has been queen for 74 years now? That's 
That's a hell of a long rain. Yeah, she's almost at her, she's almost at her halfway point. Oh, uh, spoiler. The doctor has you know been on it before, but I think he's like kind of uncomfortable riding it. He goes, uh, only, moving in only one direction in one direction in time. Uh, and he goes up to a stranger and gets like too close, kind of the way like the eleventh doctor does. It's like, how do you do this? And then turns away immediately and then sits <laughs> back down to Lita. Be like. I will say, aside from Carrie being kidnapped, how are you enjoying your first trip to Earth? I mean, we're kind of hitting all the sites of London. We're on the tube. We we went to Abbey Road. I, I, sure. Are you having? You got you a new outfit. I love the I love the do. By the way, Thank I you. love it. It yeah, complements your face so well. It's almost like if you were to do a check a checklist of London landmarks, that's probably where you would start. Uh, as if you know, this was some kind of. Artificial experience. I'm sorry. I'm still not. I'm not there yet. You know. I don't. I'm not a hundred percent. Hey, in, any in of your this own time. In your own time. I'm. I'm not here to force you. I mean, you, you're. You're your own person. I'm. I'm. I'm just here for you. As you're continuing this conversation, uh, people next to you uh, are pulling out their phones because they're on. They're on a commute on the tube, and they start listening to some music. And suddenly, you hear some glass breaking nearby, and people scream a little bit as they're startled. But out of that glass comes several of these Lucy drones, and they now have a light that has turned red on them, as in as if they are in tactical mode at this point. And essentially, they have zeroed in on your voices through the apps of the people who are listening to music on the train and uh, suddenly people start running away as these drones come breaking through the windows because they seem much more threatening than they usually do and they seem to have swarmed around you this is not good Uh, no not even a little bit uh take me to your leader and the doctor puts his hands up and just kind of like there's there's literally nowhere to go we're we're stuck on the subway (laughs) okay we are in a conflict scene now, and so the doctor has declared talking, apparently, as, as his action. Uh, Lita, what do you do? Uh, I'm going to pull out my multi-tool. Uh, with the, the, with, I believe I mentioned in the, in the previous adventure, I have a little multi-tool with a kind of self-replicating head that can become a screwdriver or a wrench. And I think I'm just going to make it, I'm going to set it to wrench mode so it's got some heft to it. Okay. So I can swing it if I need to. If, if, I want to kind of be ready to swing back if one of these drones comes in for the attack. Okay. I don't want to so you myself. are doing a fighting move, you'll say. Yeah. So we have, we, have, we have a talker and a fighter. Doctor, are you going to say anything else besides take me to your leader with your hands up, or are you, are you going to try to do anything else? No, I'm going to just see how that lands with them. Okay. Uh, because, Lita, you declared your movement to be in reaction to what they do, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to have them go first in the, the attack. Uh, so they are going to fire at you, and... I have a sheet for them that Michael gave me, which is thank you very much, Michael. So they are going to make a, an attack roll on you. They're going to roll coordination and conflict. And basically uh, a a variable voltage uh, laser weapon. Uh, so a laser uh, fires out at them trying to shoot your arm to see if it can knock your multi. Because it's easier tool as a weapon and tries to fire at it. Let's okay. see if it works out. Okay. Uh, actually, it got a one. So uh, I only rolled a six 
plus, uh, it, it would have been 11, but I got a one on it. So uh, it does fire. I will say that uh, it hits you, but it actually doesn't do any damage or knock you. It, it hits maybe like a piece of, I'm trying to think of what, you didn't have any jewelry or anything you got with your new look, did you? No, I'm, I'm very kind of sparse and spartan in terms of like okay. outfits, actually just like jacket. Jeans, yeah, shirt, I'll say boots. that it, it hit your leather jacket, so the jacket was like almost serving like leather armor would in D and D. Michael, you have a pitch? Can I make a pitch? Yeah, yes. The bolt just goes wide and hits the guy that Dan like went face to face with earlier, because he was just like, I don't know what you. Oh, jeez! And he just yeah. like <laughs> passes out in one of the other tube yeah. seats. Uh, yeah, that guy, I, I say, like, he was trying to run away from the, the, the drones, but, like, didn't notice it. I think he had tried so hard to ignore the doctor that he didn't see the drones attack the thing. And, yeah, so that's perfect. So it, it hits. It's a successful hit just on the wrong person. That's what the one stands for. Perfect. I, I love I, it. I turn to the doctor and say, lasers, I thought at this point in history they were still using muskets. <laughs> Marginally in between the two. <laughs> Uh, okay, that is that round. Uh, they they have fired, and now uh, we are at the top, the top of another combat round. What do we want to do next? Oh, wait, does Lita get her attack? Oh, yeah, oh, no, sorry. Mine was, sorry, well, mine was in reaction, so I, I, I didn't expect... But they attacked, expect... so I, oh, I, think, yeah. I think it's fair for you to say you attack back. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just take a swing back then. That's probably going to be um, strength and Coordination conflict. I'll say uh, oh. strength and conflict. Okay. Uh, ooh, so my strength is two, my conflict is zero, but I rolled a four and a six, so that is a twelve total with uh, a boost. Uh, these are pretty. There's, there's a few of them, and they're not moving super fast. So I'll, I'll say with your six, especially, you were able to hit one that knocks it into the one next to it, and so you take out two in one move. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and you have actually created a small pathway by which you could move through them and not be surrounded by them anymore. That's your yes and. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to look to the, the doctor and say, okay, right now, I do not trust you. Give me a reason to trust you. Okay. Watch this. And for the next round, I would like to do a do. Okay. What's your do? Uh, I want to use the Sonic to activate the brakes on the train because uh, technically, if the drones are floating, they're... Since they're not, I love touch- that. I love that. Since I they're I, not I, I see, on the ground. I see, where, you're, I see yeah. where you're going. I'll wait. I'll wait for you to describe it once it actually happens. Perfect. Uh, Lita, what are you doing this round? Um, I think my thing was talking. I think my thing was uh, a uh, plea to the doctor. Okay, you are a talker. Doctor's a doer, and the drones are a fighter. Uh, so I, you talked. Doctor, do your do. Okay, so I'm gonna pull out the Sonic and uh, point it at the floor to activate the brakes on the uh, entire subway train. Okay, give me awareness plus technology. Oh no, ingenuity plus technology. Also, Dan, point of order, it's not the subway, it's the London Underground, commonly referred to as the tube. Yeah, yeah, Dan. I did want to bring this up earlier. It's not the time rotor, it's technically the the column is a separate item than the time rotor in the target. Actually, you know what, never mind. Did I call it a time rotor? Because we can fix that in post. If you yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually at this point it's accepted that the time rotor is the thing. It's yeah. stupid to say that it's not, but I just. Well, I'm glad you brought it up now, then. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I did it. I we met- should let's come up with a game of wrestling exclusive piece of terminology for it. Uh, what's your roll, Dan? <laughs> My roll is a twenty-five. Yeah, and any any ones or sixes? No. Okay, but I think that's a, I think it's a pretty high success. I don't know what I would make be higher than, since like 
Uh, number since like a 24 is recite Shakespeare without any mistakes or charm your way into the White House. Uh, I will say that uh, I think that you're on the on the same uh, level as driving at speed, shooting a moving target, or climbing a cliff. So I will say that you, even if you were doing a hard difficulty, I think that would be it. So you do it, and exactly what you what you wanted to have happens. Uh, the train, the tube comes to a stop. All of these drones that are floating in the air were keeping themselves moving along the momentum of the train. So when the train stops, they continue moving forward. They come smashing into the wall. Doctor, what do you say next? I really should have thought of something. Yeah, you had a lot of time for it. I know. Um, I really like the way you fight with your wrench. It reminds me of a friend. Okay. Uh, all right. Love we'll it. cut there. I feel like going to go with Mind the Gap. Yeah, I was thinking Mind uh, the Gap. Or I think... I think I think this is our stop. Um, <laughs> we're keeping all of this in. We cut from there back to the speaker office building, which we didn't describe earlier, uh, but it is essentially that that Jane Tanner has bought the old Apple Corps building, which in real life has been like remodeled and, and replaced multiple times. Uh, but she has basically demolished the building that was there and built a just disgusting modern uh, concrete nightmare of a tech startup office. But it's it's trying its, its best to look like the old building, but it has like way too hip arches that have like colorful lights that light up and change like the like neon lighting over. It looks like someone put a bunch of hue light bulbs on the outside of this building so that the arches change color. And it is it is garish and it is obnoxious and it is very, very startup tech heavy. Uh, Jane, you have captured Carrie and you have reached into her pocket and taken her key. What have you done with her since then? Yeah, I think we're cutting to uh, Jane's office inside the former Apple Corps, the core of the core, uh, if you will. And Jane's got Carrie in like a standing harness thing. It's very like techy and weird. It's got wires and stuff. And Carrie's got two power gloves on, uh, left and a right, obviously. And like a VR helmet is has been strapped onto her head. Uh, but the goggles are up, and the lighting is incredible. While the office is made, as you described, and uh, what the well, there's your problem podcast would call uh, renderite, just a sort of formless white substance makes up the walls and ceilings. It's just very glossy and weird, but it's also very well lit. Uh, and Jane's in a perfect spotlight, sort of mid ramble to carry. Uh, yeah. So when I uh, exchanged uh, the apes for that extra billion, I was able to buy out the metaverse, and I think you're really going to love what I've uh, put it to whole. Oh. <laughs> wow. You know what that? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that you were the ugliest thing here, but then I saw your building, and then I saw your office, and then I got knocked out from the ugliness, and here we are. Woman calling another woman ugly. Brutal. <laughs> you're just reinforcing the patriarchy, Miss Fu. It's a shame. You hate to see it. And you know, I think you shouldn't have kidnap to, people mm? without consent. Interrupting. Yeah. I, I said it. Yeah. I yeah. Have you brought me here. Cons- you knew this hey. was coming. I can't believe you're still talking. You don't think I'm going to stop talking because I'm not going to stop talking. You should stop talking. You brought me here. This was not even my choice. I didn't choose to be here today. You chose me to be here today. So now you got to deal with these consequences. And I've got my hands stuck in these stupid things. And then now I'm just stuck here with this stupid VR headset on top of my head. You know, VR wasn't very good from the time that I came from. So I don't really know what type of torture device you're trying to get through with me here today. But I've, I've been on a failed date before. <laughs> I was going to say, Jade hits the little remote pocket and Carrie just gets like 
taste. Like a full taser shock just goes through her body. And Jane is like, I tried to be nice, and uh, this is what I get. Um, and Daisy makes nice. me angry. To nice. I'm gonna just talk to you, but in an angrier voice. <sighs> we don't steal people's <laughs> keys and then tase them. You know what else is rude is killing people's brothers in a fiery explosion in their Malibu home. Do you remember doing that? Do you remember that you did that to my brother? No. When I have I even, ever been to doesn't, Malibu? Doesn't matter. Do I look like the kind of person who would be in Malibu? Look at me. I'm poor. Okay, it was Santa Monica, but I was fudging the details and oh, trying to, oh, you know. Oh, uh, and I'm the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. Guy. <laughs> Such masculine language, Carrie. You're going to have to learn. Yeah. It's a new yeah, age. Yeah, that's right. Age of you the know girl what? boss. I am perfectly self-sufficient as the woman that I am. Excuse you very much. I don't know if you've heard of me, but I definitely hit this huge robotic thingy on top of a spaceship. <laughs> Yeah, you can laugh all you want. You can laugh all you want. You don't have to believe me. I believe me because I did it. So, laugh all you want. Do you know the reason I have permission from the governments of this world to do whatever I want with you, Carrie Vu? Probably because I have a you're really, really mean streak with chaos. by your relationship to another person. No, you're defined by your relationship to another person. This entire world only sees you as the key to the doctor. So stupid. I see you as you really are, Carrie, an independent woman with access to the greatest library of unpatented technology ever put on the planet. And you and I, well, me, I am going to get rich off of it. And you, uh, you know what? You're going to die. But it's going to be great for me because... Well, your MLM again, scheme sucks, Jane. <laughs> hey, whoa. Yeah. This is not a multi-level marketing scheme. This is like some doTERRA, no, there's some one sort level. of like young living oil. It's you, hey. you keep saying these words, and I keep hearing Mary Kay. You know what? You're right. I think you've lost perspective, and you need to spend another two hours in the Ape Museum. And uh, oh, Jane lowers the goggles. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Jane lowers the goggles, and Carrie is subjected to two solid hours of a terrible 3D space filled only with apes making faces. I love it. All right, perfect. <laughs> is, is it, is, is, are these are these apes like bored apes? Perhaps I can tell you they're not interested. Okay, <laughs> they are they're they're, they're they're apes that are that are uh, having not a great day and don't are <laughs> apathetic. Apathetic apes, yeah. Non-fungible uh, torture. On... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm subject. Yo. Yeah, that's where we're ending then... the scene on. <laughs> Non-fungible torture. Uh, great. Uh, we, we cut. We cut back to the doctor and Lita. They are now exiting a like a access corridor from the tube that leads back out onto the streets, or back. It's opened up into a like a tube station and they're coming back up the street and now they are on Seville Road and Doctor, uh, you were actually fairly close to Piccadilly Circus which means you are also very close to the Speaker Office building and so you find yourselves, we'll cut to, we'll, we'll have a little montage of you coming through the tunnel and coming out onto the street and then you are finding yourself standing in front of this building. All right, this is the place. Uh, I have absolutely no idea what to expect inside so uh, wrench at the ready? I guess. I, I mean, I think the thing we should expect on the inside at the very least is more of those drones. At the very least. Minimal. Well, I'm, I'm not a big fan of attacking, but drones can be rebuilt, so if you see any that are causing us a little trouble, feel free to take a whack. Maybe not 
the actual people. I I don't have a lot of rules, but that's like up there. Don't if that's hit, okay. Don't hit people. I I I can I can do that. I I okay. do, <laughs> Doctor, I once we get Carrie out of there, we need to have a talk. I need I need to I guess I have questions. But you have every right this. to, and I'm more than happy to take the time. Okay, well let's let's do this thing. What what do we do? How do we start? I kick down the door. <laughs> okay. Oh, so we're As you kick the door. You kick open the door and you find yourself standing in the lobby of just a typical high-tech tech maven type office, tech bro girl boss. It's just very clean. It's very sterile. It's mostly white and like coriander type. Uh, is that what it's? Corian. It's white Corian style uh, slabs with a couple of very polished light wood desks and at one of these desks is a robotic like humanoid shaped figure named Eleanor uh, logistics node reception hello welcome to the speaker office how may I be of assistance hello I'm the doctor this is Lita and hello, our friend welcome to the speaker reception's office how may I be of assistance yes um, our friend was kidnapped so human resources I didn't quite hear that could you repeat your query? Where do we go to retrieve our kidnapped friend? Kidnapping is a method in which people are taken against their will and held captive for purposes that may result in ransoms or other nefarious schemes. Okay, I... Are you accepting this, this definition? <laughs> I think Lita's gonna turn her multi-tool into a screwdriver and see if there's like a place on the back of this thing to pop open and maybe do some light to moderate rewiring. I don't think that's very friendly. Uh, go ahead and make a, a roll for me. Uh, I'm going to have you make ingenuity and technology. Okay. Please stop. You are avoiding my warranty. This is this is like, I feel like this technology is, you're so far, it's, it, it feels weird to you, Lita, because it feels like it should be way more primitive technology to mm. you. Like, it feels like somebody who should be like taking apart like a pioneer toy, but there's something about it that actually feels more advanced than you are used to. It's kind of like someone from Next Generation traveling back to the 20th century, cracking open a computer and finding isolinear chips. Yes. Okay, so mm. I rolled 13 with no magic numbers on the dice. Uh, unfortunately, that won't quite get it for you. So you open it, and uh, there's not like an easily accessed wiring panel from the back of it. It's pretty much smooth. Not unlike when you're looking at like an iPhone from the outside. Like unless you took the whole entire case off, there's no way to get inside to the the, the wiring. I, I look at the doctor and I say, "It looks like you don't have the right to repair back in this area of history. There's like it's just flush. There's nowhere to like take anything off. What do we what do we do here? Please select from the following menu if you would like to register a complaint." Please select one. If you would like to speak to a manager, please press two. If you would like to order a new speaker system, press three. If you would like to enter a subscription for more speakers, please press four. Uh, one and two. I would like to register a complaint with a manager. I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand that. Please select your designation from the following menu. And then she just repeats the menu again. <laughs> does does this robot have legs? Uh, no, it is actually like standing. It looks like it's almost like hovering in a way, like almost looks like like a like the the Eve bot and Wally. Like it feels like maybe it's like it's like a magnetic field thing happening. We will just take right. this thing with us and figure it out on the fly. I say we leave it and just go into the next room. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Eleanor. All right, as you try to go past it, there is a door, but it is shut, and there's not, like, a door or handle on it. Um, it feels like maybe, like, this thing opens the door. 
great. Even the door doesn't have right to repair. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it looks like you are trying to access the other room. Is this correct? Yes. I'm sorry. I didn't quite hear that. <laughs> C. Yes. Operator. Do you want to speak to an operator? Yes. Okay, I'll connect you. And then it starts playing music, and it just continues to play music for a while <laughs> as we cut to back to Carrie and Dave. <laughs> Uh, so Jane uh, takes the goggles back off of Carrie and was like, what do you think? I spent um, shockingly little money on it, actually. You wouldn't believe it. It's it's way cheaper when you just get guys to buy them for you. You know how it is. You know, I have to say Amityville 4 was worse than that. The murderous lamp was worse than that. So uh, not too shabby. I need you to work on your, your angles, Spielberg. I am going to put you in the lamp museum next. That is a good call. Thank you. But first... What? Uh, I finally got the... Up, 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 up. I'm talking... Hey. Please. Thank you. Uh, so I have whipped up something really special for you that I think you're going to love. Uh, it is what I call uh, the effects of your action simulator. Uh, and it is going to make you relive how you killed my brother over and over again. But I think what's really important is that I want to give you a change of perspective. You see, you're going to be in the house, and the boiling hot fire of a thousand drones just absolutely annihilating you is, uh, y you're going to feel that. And I just, I wanted to know, do you want it at like 11 or 12 when I set the, the pain set? You want it at like 12? Like and I just want to know where you got this evil plan from, because it sounds like the plot to Iron Man 3. <laughs> Hey, whoa. Shane Black's a genius, and I think we can all acknowledge that uh, he's a mastermind. But this is not Christmas, and I don't have any gifts for you. Uh, just paint. Jane, as you're monologuing, a notification pops up on your wall, almost like a pop-up on a phone, but it's like built into your... You have like a whole wall with like panels of, of, of windows and such like that. And you see a security camera footage of the doctor and Lita waiting in the reception area downstairs. Oh, your friends are here. That's great. Means the TARDIS is completely unguarded. Anywho, um, let's get you started. And uh, Jane pops the goggles back down on Carrie uh, and turns back to the wall. Do you choose to let them in the door, or what do you do with the Doctor and Lita? No, I activate Eleanor's uh, tactical mode. So, uh, so, yeah, Jane turns back to the wall and goes, Eleanor, uh, could you be a doll and activate tactical mode? Uh, maximum, what'd we call it? Eleanor uh, goes, I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand that request. <laughs> oh, God. This, uh, all right, hold on. And Jay, like, pulls up, like, a like a screen on the wall and, like, dials in way too much code. <laughs> like, does that thing. It's like her hand motion is like Jonathan Price in Tomorrow Never Dies on the keyboard. Just like slappity slap, slap, slappity slap, slap, slap. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, just absolute baby hands on a keyboard. But it's like perfect code is going on the wall because that's how it always it's goes. It's like watching literally anybody text in Ted Lasso where the, the text <laughs> that appears does yes. not does it correspond to the thumb yeah, The screen movement. is just float. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it looks awesome. like this, the, the Expanse phones. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. So then uh, what... <laughs> Uh, I think that's a good moment then to cut back to what's happening with the Doctor and Lita. Uh, so uh, 
the doors to the front that you kicked open reseal, like a like a, a gate comes down, and Eleanor turns around and her eyes start to glow red, and she goes, "I'm sorry. I believe I have been turned into termination mode. Please hold still so that I may terminate your existence." Operator. <laughs> I'm sorry. Operator's not available right now. I am in termination mode. Uh, so now we're going to get back into a conflict mode again. So what is everyone going to do? Talking, doing, uh, moving, or fighting? Operator. <laughs> okay, so so Lita's talking. Doctor, what do you do? <laughs> uh, talking, talking, running, doing, or fighting? Uh, it's sort of between a do and a fight. Um, I, I basically want to put myself in between... Eleanor and Lita. And, that's uh, that's called movement. Uh, but I was gonna say, but also I want to engage with Eleanor. Okay. What what do you think is the primary function of what you're doing? Are you engaging with her or are you defending Lita? I think the defense is first and foremost. Okay, so I'll put you with a doer. Okay. Uh, uh, Lita, what are you doing? Um, we said talking. Eleanor hovers, right? Ella's not hardwired into anything, right? Are there any? I know that when I've worked in office buildings, sometimes you see like the 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 wireless routers like mounted on the on the walls. Is there, is there anything like that at all nearby? Uh, I think they're underneath the desk. I think, I think they're hidden away, trying to make it look like there's no routers or technology, but they're like not. It's kind of like if you go to a certain theme park and ride the most advanced uh, theme park ride in existence, but when you're walking up to it, you can literally see the back of a monitor that has like the Excel program running that has all the like <laughs> modern Windows code <laughs> happening. Oh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So you've been to Six Flags, is what you're saying? Yes. Yep. Yep. That's the that's the park I was talking about. Yep. Yes. The the Red Baron ride at Knott's Berry Farm. Okay. I, yep. I'm going to. Uh, I want to. In that case, if I spot that under the desk, I want to slide under and smash it with a virtual wrench. Okay. I'm going to call that a doing instead of an attack because okay. it's an inanimate object, and you're doing like I mean it is an attack, but you're not attacking a creature yeah. that can fight back. It's just like. You're more like hitting a thing with a thing, so yeah, yeah. In, in like, first that's, edition, like, that's like percussive maintenance in this era of Doctor Who. Yeah, Hill. exactly. Okay, and then the, the the Eleanor is going to be fighting, obviously. That sounds great. So yeah, so Dan, I'll have you go first because you're doing a defensive move. Okay. Um, what would you like me to roll? Uh, I don't think you need to roll. I think that Lita has has. I think actually, I'm gonna let you have a chance to do something different because Lita's moving away from your defensive stance. Okay. Um, I'm still gonna sort of position myself in between and um. I'm guessing that with the eyes glowing red, that there's possibly a laser or two to be followed from those. So I kind of want to do a thing where you, you know, you wouldn't do it to a person, but like simulacrum of a person is I kind of go up and I grab Eleanor's robotic chin and head and sort of like turn her gaze towards that double door. Or oh, like I that, like that. That, that. You know, the thick door that was blocking us from proceeding any further. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'm going to have you do that first. Okay. And oh gosh. Okay. This is all kind of happening at once, but I'm going to have everyone. So go ahead and both of you, Dan, I'm going to have you roll a strength and conflict because you're using your physical strength to turn its head. Ben, I'm going to have you roll uh, coordination and tech. And I'm going to have you do, yeah, coordination and. It's going to be conflict because you're not really using your knowledge of technology here. You're just smashing a machine, so. Hmm. Okay, well, my conflict is nil, so this is going to be good. Well, let's just put a pause on this because I just rolled snake eyes. <laughs> okay. Grand uh, <laughs> I had a five to begin with, and I rolled a snake eyes, so. Okay. 
I'm gonna pause that for a second, uh, and then I'm gonna have Ben do what Lita's doing. <laughs> sure. I rolled, I rolled 13 total with no magic numbers. Okay, 13. I'm gonna say you're you're hitting an inanimate object, which is. I would say is definitely on the level of setting the DVR to record MasterChef, which is level nine difficulty. So I'm going to say you do hit this thing. I'm going to say you got it loose, but it's not completely like it has not like you see like it's it's hanging there, but like the cable is still attached to it for the wife, like for the it's plugged into the land network. Okay, then I know exactly what I'm doing on the next round. Yeah, doctor, you grab this thing and you turn its head. But what happens is like, it just continues to turn within your hand. Like its body turns, but its head just now is pointed perfectly at you. And then it fires its lasers. So you've like targeted yourself with its lasers. Uh, and so I'm gonna have it roll its attack now. Dan, do you have a companion rolled? Cause I feel like I'm gonna be taking over as the doctor at some point <laughs> later today. Doctor who? So Eleanor is going to fire. I'm gonna say uh, it's, 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 I'm going to say coordination because it is a beam and not a physical strength thing. All right. Oh, God. <laughs> I rolled an 11 with dice. That's a six and a five. So it goes, that's, that's, so that's a, that's a 13 plus three. That's a, a 16 plus two for the technical package. So that is going to be a 17. So it definitely hits you. So Dan, no. uh, I'm going to do a, oh. uh, it hits you in the head because you were pointing, you were going for it. So I'm going to say you take a, you take two damage to your, uh, your coordination. Cause you got your bell rung pretty rough by this machine. Whew. Yeah. Wow. I was actually expecting way worse, but I'm not going to ask for that. Yeah. You're still the doctor. You're still pretty hardy. So I'm not going to kill you in this shot, but you definitely set yourself up for damage. Uh, I'm going to say that, like, it doesn't seem to want to kill you right away, which is why it's, yeah. not, it's not as tough of a beam as it could have been. All right. And then uh, that's the end of that round. So let's go to the next round. Who's doing what? Uh, I, I'm just going to unplug the network cable from the back of the router. Okay. That's a do. Just click. Yeah. To be honest, I think I don't do anything this round. I think that blast kind of knocked me down and I am unable to okay. do anything this round. I will give you a story point for choosing to be immobilized for this round. So you have a, you have a story point and the Eleanor is going to try to, to attack again, uh, but we will see what happens once Lita does her move. Okay. Click. I unplug the network cable. Uh, yeah. So just do coordination and th at this time I'll say technology because you do know that you're, plugging, you're unplugging a thing. Okay. So that is an 11... Total. You did it. It's successful. It's it's really it's that is that is that was basically me having your role to make sure you didn't crit fail. That's all I was checking for. Okay. All right. So yeah, it it unplugs and uh, the the Eleanor turns to fire on the doctor again, and then like there's that second where like it's it's buffering and then the signal drops out and then it like drops down to the ground almost like if it was like going for a dock and then you see like a white light on the front of it start to glow like it's looking for a Wi-Fi signal. Thank you. Thank you, Lita. And we cut back to Jane and Carrie. And Jane, you see that your uh, Eleanor system has gone offline. This is not ideal. Um, luckily... Oh, I'm sorry. Did I hear the sound of failure from the other side of the room? Do my ears deceive no. me? It's fine. I'm just going to do what Marvel did when Joss Whedon got too problematic and activate phase three. <laughs> <laughs> and she, uh, 
<laughs> I wish I could give you a story point, Michael, but there's no way no use for it. NPCs don't get story points. I know, that's uh, she's why gonna I said just that. Yeah. Press uh, the, uh, a third button on the wall. So there's like the camera zooms in on the the like wall that Jane's been hitting, and there's there's two buttons. One is the Lucy's. The second button is Eleanor, and the third button is Ringo. <laughs> and Lucy, uh, 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 Jane, got too many names. Jane presses the Ringo button and dispatches the robotic networked guardian. Operations. Oh, I thought it was literally just going to be Ringo Starr. <laughs> it's Ringo Starr with a gun. Yes. Peace and love. Peace and love. No more. <laughs> it's Ringo, but he's an auton. He writes his tail on a hands. Thomas the Tank yeah. Engine, like a full size. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Michael, do you, want, do you want to describe what the Ringo actually looks like in the game? Yes, I've been trying to fit this into a game of Rasslot for a really long time, so extra thanks to Riley. So, what like rounds the corner is one of those Boston Dynamics dogs with like the, the, the hand for a head, right? But it's just got like a normal gloved hand and it's holding a 9mm pistol. <laughs> and and, why, so, and like, why is that, Michael? Why is, why is it holding a pistol? Because it's a dog with a gun. Uh, no. Oh, is it happiness. The Ringos obviously are seeking joy and happiness is a warm gun. Um, so <laughs> the Ringos, uh, two of them are dispatched to uh, take care of the, the one each for the Doctor and Lita. Uh, get them, boys. And the Ringos make distinctly Ringo-like drum noises and then clomp down the, the stairs to go get you. Okay. Uh, we cut back to the doctor and Lita. The doors that you were trying to get through burst open. And on the other side of the doors, how many How many Ringos did you say there were, Michael? Uh, two. One each. Two. Okay. So two, uh, two robotic dogs with guns for hands come galloping out of this room and they point their guns at you. So we're still in a conflict. So what are your actions now? I know it's not good to give other characters, but I kind of want to, like, pull Lita down so we can, like, duck behind the um, reception desk because those are guns. Okay, uh, Lita, <laughs> you feel the doctor tugging on your, your clothes. So what do you do when the doctor does that? Um, I think my instinct, I want to try to jump over the the Ringos and just try to just, just leap over them like a running jump. So I'm just going to, I think I'm going to, like, knock away the doctor's hand and I'm just going to shoot the doctor a look that says I trusted you trust me and I'm gonna take a running jump over these dogs okay I'm gonna say I'm not gonna make you roll Dan for pulling on the jacket because that doesn't feel like it's gonna have like a result either way yeah and honestly I think that the doctor is still a bit weak that once Lita makes a decision not to follow the doctor will respect that okay uh and then Lita I'm gonna have you make a fairly difficult role but it's going to be uh coordination and ready for this Athletics. Oh, wow. Okay. What? All right. So my coordination is four. My athletics is zero. And I rolled a four and a five. So that is 13 total. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that you are able to jump over the dog, but you don't get as much distance as you thought you would. And you kind of come down harder than you thought you would because you weren't really ready for this mm. jump. And so you land, but in a way that like, you can't immediately start running again. Like you got, you got yeah. the leap out of the way, but you're not like able to like land perfectly. You're not hurt. You didn't fail, but you just, you're like, oh yeah, that was actually a pretty tough leap compared yeah. to what I wanted to do. But what you were able to do was prevent this dog from shooting at you this round. Yeah. And so that dog's turn is it like, you see the, the head hand where the gun is kind of like rotate along the bottom of its body, like a conveyor belt until it's pointing at you from the other direction. Uh, and that's where it's going to end its turn. The other dog is going to move to try to fire at the doctor. 
I am behind cover, just uh, as a reminder. Cool. I will give it a, a higher difficulty rating as a result of that. Uh, okay. This is going to be a coordination and conflict, which is pretty high. Oh, it's a laser gun. I thought it was a bullet gun. Okay. Um... A nine millimeter laser gun. <laughs> oh, uh, honestly, uh, you're lucky this time. I did the opposite of last time. I rolled a one and a four. All right. So it does not hit you. Uh, and actually, it. I'm going to say that it, it failed and it failed with a one. So I'm going to let you decide, Dan, what is the uh, what is the disastrous consequences that it faces for trying to shoot you and failing? May I carry that over to what I would like to do next and sort of give me a buff? Sure. I yeah. would like to do that then, please. Okay, so it tries to fire at you, but maybe like maybe like it, it was trying to fire before you ducked, and so when you duck down, it misses you. So that, that's what it does for its turn, and I'll give you a, a one forward. Uh, next round, what are we doing? I will be doing a do, please. Okay. Lita, what are you doing? <sighs> I think I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep going. I think my goal now is to just try to get up to... Okay, so you're a move, so you're yeah. going to be going first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they're definitely doing a, a th- attacking, so I'll let okay. you go first. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm running away from the situation further into the building in the hopes of finding the office. Okay, I'm going to give you a coordination and athletics roll to see how fast you're able to get away from the gut, the dog with a gun on its head. Uh, I rolled a 12 with no magic numbers. Okay, I'm going to say, I'll, I'll just make, what I'll do for that is to make that, I'll make it harder on the dog to shoot okay. you. That'll be how I reflect that. Damn, what's your do? I would like to transmit uh, one of the functions of the Sonic. Yeah. The canine protocols to the two Ringos. I love it. Uh, I am going to make you spend story points for that. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, uh, how many do you have? You have three, right? I have, well, uh, technically, but you did gift me an additional one. You're right. So I do have four. Um, yeah. So I'm one over my limit, but yes. Okay. I will say it takes three and you'll have one left. Gladly. Great. Okay, so uh, I'm not going to make you roll for it because transmitting is part of the functions of the uh, screwdriver, but I am using the story points that you have the K9 one that you can quickly pull and do it. So that means I'm going to roll to see... Okay, because you're spending story points, I'm not going to make the dogs roll. The dogs both stop, and then, like, one is going... I'll say one it works for, and the other one it doesn't. The one that failed its roll to shoot you is the one that it works for, and the okay. other one is going to shoot, and the one that missed you goes negative and fires the gun at the one that was going to shoot. And so, Lita, you were able to get away. You are running up some steps, and you are going to run. I'm gonna. I'm, we're going to cut to Jane and Carrie, and then we'll, at one point I'll have Lita and Doctor come running in. Okay. Uh, Jane and Carrie, here you are. <laughs> When we come back, can I please describe the dog gunfight? <laughs> it's going to just be very dumb. No, not really. Um, anyway. Uh, so Jane is uh, monitoring things from her screen, obviously. And I think Jane is going to take the TARDIS key and leave using the escape elevator in the back of the office that I have just decided exists because Jane would always have an alternate way out. Okay, I'm going to say you're moving towards that, and as you're heading yeah. towards the escape elevator, I think that that's Jane's when... Jane's short-term that's when... goal, yeah. Escape with the TARDIS key. That's my goal. Okay, uh, so you're doing that. That's when Lita and the doctor come running in, and they find you. So Lita's first, because she was ahead of the doctor. Doctor catches up, and the doctor now has one of these uh, Ringo dogs with, with him. Oh, the doctor's riding on the Ringo <laughs> dogs. <laughs> I like that instinct. It's too small for sure. that. Sure, okay. <laughs> as as then, small yeah. as you are, Dan, you're not that small. <laughs> oh, brutal. Yeah, so I think Jane goes to grab the TARDIS key and then turns and Lita and the Doctor are racing in. She's like, okay. Negative. Yeah, K9, fetch the TARDIS key. 
Affirmative, master. And then uh, K9 is going to try to just like hit your arm where the key is. Jane is trying to escape and the dog is firing on Jane. That's where we're at right now. Uh, so everyone who wants to do a do, a fight, attack, or a talk. I'm gonna do. Okay. I'm going to take the headset off of Carrie and try to un unrestrain her, try to free her from the restraints. Okay. Uh, we know that Jane is a move because she's moving towards the uh, the escape module. Mm -hmm. Doctor, what are you doing? I think maybe my command of sending the robot dog might be count as my action. Yeah, it's a do. Okay. So uh, let me go ahead and roll the the dog. I think that's the first roll that we have here. Uh, no, Jane, I think you, the dog's an attack, so the dog goes last. Jane, what's your, what's, uh, I'll have you roll coordination athletics to see if you're able to get to the uh, the thing fastest. Gosh, um, feels like a no. I got a nine. Okay, yeah, I think you tried to get there, but you were kind of surprised. You didn't expect your system to fall uh, short so fast. And so you, uh, yeah, you went to run, but you were kind of caught off guard, so you're not moving fast enough. Next is going to be Lita, who's doing a do. So Lita, uh, mm -hmm. go ahead and roll. Uh, I'm going to say ingenuity and technology, because you are okay. trying to figure out how to undo this machine. It's just probably, like, pretty basic tech for you. Okay, that's uh, uh, 12 with no, no bonuses. Okay, uh, I don't think it's that hard to take a helmet off somebody and pull off some cables, so I think you're able to do that. Um, oh, I should point out Lita doesn't have any hands. No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that could have come up a long time ago. Um, how does she hold the wrench? You don't want to know. All right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so Carrie, at the, at, in the next round, you will be free. And then the doctor is having the dog fire. Uh, I'm assuming you have the dog fire on, like, the escape hatch as opposed to on the actual human being. No, no, no. Having the dog uh, fetch the key. Okay, um, so the dog is going to try to fire a non-lethal laser at Jane's arm to get her to drop the key. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do a coordination and conflict. Okay, that's going to be 14. I'm going to say it's not that hard of a thing to do. So, Jane, you get shot in the arm and you drop the TARDIS key. Oh. Yeah, that stays proper. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, uh, what does everyone want to do next? We can, we can maybe, like, do this more as a role-play scene now instead of sticking to conflict roles if you want. I, I'm just going to check on Karen and say, Karen, are you okay? She tried to get to me through apes, but your girl kept it together. I, I, I used that tactic of talking at the same time she was talking. It was really frustrating her. It was, it was pure chaos. It was brilliant. I wish you were there. That sounds great. Cut to Jane, just like, oh, so annoying. Uh, I, I I turn to the my new canine and I say, I know this is a bad dog move, but up. And I want the dog to basically do that thing like when a dog is excited and puts your paws up on you and pin you against the wall. But I want that to happen to Jane to stop her from escaping so I can have a word with her. Okay, I'm uh, since you've already used most of your story points, I'm going to do a conflicted roll with Jane. I'm going to roll a strength plus conflict for the dog. And then, uh, Jane, you can roll for you as well. I have one leftover story point that I can always... Uh, you might want to, because I rolled snake eyes. The Grand Serpent. Yeah, I'll bump it up. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Mm. Uh, Jane, what do you want to roll? Uh, if the dog is reaching up to grab me, I am going to teachable moment, everybody at home. Uh, most uh, Boston Dynamics dogs, if you pull the sort of toggle on their belly, you can completely remove the battery from the dog. Um, so I would like, if, if possible, could I do like an ingenuity plus technology to remove the abdomen battery from this dog? 
Yeah, uh, Dan, I'm going to let you keep your story point because I rolled snake eyes. I don't think it's way really a way to mitigate two failed ones. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and say that that uh, Michael's roll for this uh, is very low difficulty because the ro the dog jumped up and basically exposed this thing to her. Oh, boy. Great. What'd you roll, Michael? Uh, so I rolled 19 uh, with a six on one of the dice. Yeah, so you're able to do that, and so the dog the dog goes negative, master, and then it shuts down. Uh, yeah, can, can I spend that last story point to have the weight, like because it's still powering down? Can it just fall and trap? Uh, you know what? I am gonna have that happen because I think it's so funny, but also I just want to move things forward. So I love sure. that, but it's no longer a threat to to Jane. So it is no longer. It's not like holding you in place, but it's like enough to knock you down. Oh. And then, as this happens, suddenly the doors that you came in kick back open again, and in come running uh, several people in suits, and including the the man that we saw in the cold open wearing the plaid jacket. And uh, they come in, and he's like, "Oh, oh, good. We're we're not too late. I'm I'm terribly sorry. I oh oh, this has been a dreadful mess, hasn't it?" Uh, that is the lightest way of putting it. Now, do you work? For her, who's in charge? Who's who's the big baddie I have to stop? Because I'm gonna. Oh no, nope. She's she's definitely the big baddie. Um, she. Uh, I'm I'm very sorry. I didn't know that she had this overall plan. I I um I I look. She threatened. Oh, so she she works for you. So she is technically your responsibility. I but, don't okay. work for anyone. Um, well, I technically I was working for her because she blackmailed me and my son, and so that's why I I put her forward as a as a name, not knowing that she was planning on kidnapping and stealing. I thought we were just we were just trying to find you, and we we asked her to do it because we thought she had a system for it. We didn't know it was going to involve all this. It is literally the worst way possible, hurting someone I care again, about. Not, okay. Again, again, not wow. again, not what we were trying to do. Uh, we were just trying to use her technology to locate, and then we were going to to ha say hello in a formal way. I'm again very, very sorry. Yeah, well, I, I, silver lining, it worked. Uh, not so silver it? lining. Really, really bad first impression. I am the doctor. I am here for better or worse. What do you want? <laughs> um, we just wanted to to reestablish contact with you. You seem to have fallen off off the map, and we weren't sure who was who and what, what your what your motivations were. Last time you were here, you kind of gave a bit of a speech. So, sorry, are you seriously telling me that you've been trying to reach the doctor about his car's extended warranty? Is that what this is? This whole thing has been? Um, if the car you're speaking of is the Planet Earth and its ongoing protection from alien invasion, yes, absolutely. I am Agent Max. I'm Agent Silverhammer, and I am here uh, because I am. <laughs> I am, um, I, I, look, I was infiltrated and uh, look, my kid is on Instagram and he's, he's majoring in medicine and, and she was going to put up false pictures that would incriminate him. And I had no choice in the matter, but I did not mean for all this to happen the way that it did. I mean, I do care about the well-being of earth and people and life and things. I just, oh, oh, your methods. Oh, and I go right up to Jane. It's like, I do not like your family. Well, yeah, you, you kind of missed the mark on that one, Jane. Kind of, you know, embellished Also, Carrie. Lot. Also, Carrie, I think we might have to get rid of your smartphone. We're kind of two for two in apps being trouble. Maybe we just get you a Nokia. There weren't a lot of how? problems with the Nokias back in... Oh, uh, millennials and your smartphones. <laughs> how, how, how did this become a Carrie problem, Oh, no, Doc? it's not. This is to prevent <gasps> future problems. No, no, I'm, I'm thrilled you're okay. Hey, give Carrie a break, okay? She's not a girl who misses much. This is, seems to be like the first time this kind of thing has happened. Th thank 
Thank you. Thank you, Lita. That's so kind of you. Thank you. Our Agent Silverhammer, who do you work for? Oh, my boss will be in touch. And uh, they take Jane into custody and they take her out of the room and, and they all leave. And uh, I think you are given a ride in a, in a black SUV back to your TARDIS. Oh, this is even smaller than the tube. And they didn't even give us any literature to read. <laughs> there's there's an old magazine in the back seat, in the in the back pocket of the seat. It's it's like a, a, a it's it's actually horse and hound. Uh, Michael has a pitch. There's a magazine in the back seat, but you can't reach it because of the keyboards in the back seat. <laughs> You're like really stuffed in there because they have those ridiculous glowing keyboards in the <laughs> black SUV they drive around in. <laughs> Uh, it's a it. reference you'll get in a second. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, you uh, you are taken back to your TARDIS, which has uh, and and Jane's been taken into custody. Uh, the TARDIS has now been fully regenerated. And uh, all right. Well. Yeah. That's where we're at. These trips, Lita, they tend to get away from me. So I like to make up for a lot of the running and dodging of lasers and such with, well. I think you're going to enjoy this. And I open the door to the TARDIS. Dan, please describe for us the new interior of your TARDIS. Okay. I very much love the aesthetic of your Riley Doctor TARDIS. But because of that, I wanted to go completely in an opposite direction because because I love that one. So fine. So see how it is. The the first the, the first thing is layout wise, it's very similar to the twelfth doctor's one in terms of size, but also with the raised layer around the edges, uh, with a little bit of a lowered area, but not nearly as much. Think the two thousand nine Star Trek bridge of the Enterprise, because this is basically the Apple Store equivalent of the TARDIS, like we've never seen it before. It's sleek, with you know very clean desktops and you know you know almost like it almost looked like they just finished putting windex on every single surface of it It, you know it's just that very modern kind of look to it like the steps to the higher level are like clear plastic kind of thing um the 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 controls in the center um they are those are not as sleek those still have actual buttons and levers and they were most certainly repurposed old uh, TV studio uh, switcher buttons. And if you don't know what that looks like, if you've seen Star Wars, it's the controls to the Death Star. Yep. It's exactly those. So It's, it's like just those, a switcher, yeah. Yeah, it's just those very thick <laughs> yeah. buttons and like really like very satisfying handles to it. A- around the top part uh, are definitely like tracks sticking out with like lighting underneath, almost like the way like airplanes are lit a little bit. And uh, the top part is wide enough for the cats to have their own sort Aww. of like cat tree around the entire top of the TARDIS and up on one of the highest shelves is a box that when the cats go into it is definitely bigger on the inside. The cats have their own TARDIS basically up there and then in the center of the console floating in the center like tube part is sort of like an upside down teardrop shaped crystal like sort of imagine like what the dark crystal looks like but it's that shape, but it's more like um, white with like a cloudy nature to it. And when when the time rotor goes into, you know, when the, when the TARDIS goes into flight, it does go up and down, and it does give off like a like a like a warm white like glow along with the pace of it. So it's just a a very a very futuristic like. It's not quite white. It's almost like a soft blue lighting most of the time. But it's just like wow, this is like. Completely the 
opposite end of the spectrum of what it has just looked like. But the TARDIS was like, well, if I'm going to get upgraded, I'm going Mac update. I, I, to me, what I'm visualizing is like, I'm picturing that central column. I'm picturing two things. That central column kind of stretching up like the Capaldi TARDIS. And I'm picturing like, and this is your TARDIS, Dan. But what I'm seeing based on your description is like a lava lamp that's frozen in time. And when the rotor's is <laughs> going, that's when it starts to move. Oh, I like that. Actually, I like that more, I think. I yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Great. Retcon. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, a very, very, yeah, very fluid dynamic kind of center to- console. And as that uh, happens, uh, as we wrap up, the phone rings on the console. Uh, oh, uh, just because I want there to be a little bit of tie to it, it's going to be a very large, not a mobile phone, but a cordless phone that you would have had in like your house in the 90s. And I pick up a cordless phone and I pull up the antenna <laughs> that's about a foot and a half long. Hello? A warm and familiar Welsh voice greets you. Apologies for what happened today. Seems you aren't the only ones with the odd snake in the mix. Uh, we'll do better with our job of vetting our contracts in the future. Uh, for what it's worth, it's good to hear from you again, and I did not believe what folks were saying about you. And she hangs up. An odd but overall pleasant conversation with Gwen Cooper, director of Torchwood. 